0: Welcome into the DNBR Rams podcast presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNBR to take advantage of their deals. I hope everybody is having a good week. We've got some big games coming up. CSU men's basketball taking on the Marvin Menzies-led University of Missouri at Kansas City on Friday night before CSU football, obviously. Takes on Nevada. I'm going to talk more about that CSU-Nevada matchup, get into some keys that I did not get into on DNBR Rams Live with Andre Simone. We got a little sidetracked diving into the recent news of Oregon State and Washington State essentially controlling the future of the Pac-12, what that scheduling alliance is probably going to look like, what it could mean as far as an ideal uh, future for the Pac-12, I got asked on the spot in the comment section to construct my own Pac-12. Kind of was all over the place on the, on the episode, but I thought about it more, put out a graphic, and I'm going to defend my Pac-12 and, and the decisions here in this opening segment before we talk about that CSU-Nevada matchup. And Then I'll wrap up with just a couple of thoughts on the Carissa Thompson situation long-time NFL sideline reporter, now a studio desk, or I guess not studio, but now a desk analyst, the, the host you know, for Thursday Night Football on Amazon, with some wild comments on part my take, admitted that she essentially just made up a bunch of sideline reports. It's probably the quickest I've ever seen anybody destroy their credibility. Not going to get up on a soapbox or anything like that. I understand that. A lot of the sideline stuff, it's cliche, we all get it, but I will give my thoughts on all that. Anyways, if you missed it, I put out a graphic with my Pac-12 2.0. This is how I would rebuild the league if I was given the opportunity. This is not how I think it's 100% going to end up. There's some long shots. This isn't how I think a TV executive would build a conference. I think it's really kind of lame, to be honest, the way that so many sports fans now consume the the product through the lens of a TV executive, people talking about TV ratings and stuff. And I understand that we're all just the product of realignment. It has made us this way. This is This is why everybody even thinks about these types of things. I get it. We wouldn't be mentioning market size if it wasn't an actual factor in how all this plays out. So... I completely understand that you can make some arguments for schools out of the AAC, Tulane, Memphis would probably be the, the top two, maybe somebody like UTSA, although we'll see if they're able to hold on to Jeff Trailer or not. But me personally, I believe in regional college sports. I believe in the history and the tradition. Admittedly, I'm a college football purist. And I wouldn't build the league the same way a TV executive would. You can talk about getting access to Houston and stuff all you want with a school like Rice. They're not more interesting to me. They're not more fun to me than watching teams like Wyoming or Hawaii or Fresno who maybe don't have the markets. But they do have a competitive product. They are in this region of the country. They have history with these teams. And I just... That's how I would build the league. I understand that TV executives are thinking about a whole variety of factors. And there's an argument that if you were to rebuild this league with either the majority of or or all of the Mountain West teams, if you took some AAC teams, you could kind of kneecap A couple of other leagues as well and fully cement yourself as that fifth best league in college football. But if I'm being honest with you, just deep down at my core, the thought of, would you rather watch Fresno state versus Boise state or Memphis versus Fresno state? I don't know Memphis Tulane. They just don't do a ton for me. I get that you get new Orleans, which is a great city, even, you know, going into Tennessee, there's, there are benefits. I understand that, it's just not how I grew up watching the sport. You know, I, I liked the regionality of it all. I liked that you knew people in the communities around you, and the rivalries were a factor, and history was something you cared about. And so, I, I just wanted it to to be clear. I, I also firmly believe that CSU and Wyoming belong together. Everyone else around the country can abandon their roots, their history doesn't mean you have to. And basketball was a major factor in this as well. So with all of that in mind, my updated Pac-12 2.0, Colorado State, Air Force, Wyoming, you take those three Colorado schools, you're going to take UNLV for the access to Vegas, San Diego State, Fresno State, and Boise State, obviously Washington State and Oregon State. This is where it gets really debatable. I went with Utah State, New Mexico, Hawaii as a football only, and then you add a school like Gonzaga for hoops only. If you were able to pull this off from a basketball standpoint, it would be an awesome league. St. Mary's probably more realistic. But why not shoot for the stars and see if you can pull a Gonzaga, especially with the relationships Gloria Navarez already has, given her time in the WCC. Obviously left out Nevada and San Jose State. Nothing personal. It really just comes down to institutional support and community support. Nevada basketball is really good this year, and I do think that they would probably be in the mix. I don't know if you would ultimately leave anybody behind, if we're being honest. I do think they could afford to trim some fat. San Jose State, as a community, they just they don't care about college athletics in the Bay Area. They do not give a crap. Seeing Senior Day last year, under Tim Miles when they have one of the best runs in program history was such a sad, sad sight. And so even though I love Tim Miles, I think Brennan is Brent Brennan is a lot of fun to watch and root for. I'm leaving him out. And maybe you can make an argument that Nevada makes more sense than New Mexico. I New Mexico's got the history with so many of these schools in the Mountain West going back to the whack days. I like Albuquerque. Green chili is awesome. They've got great Olympic sports. New Mexico does invest in athletics, despite the lack of success on the football side. And when it comes to community support, they definitely dwarf San Jose State and Nevada, in my opinion. Hawaii has great community support as well. And they're just fun, which is why I kept them in, despite the fact that they make your scheduling a little bit wonky. They're a factor as far as travel goes, but you can play that 13th game to offset it if you so choose. I like Hawaii football. I think they're fun. If you put a knife to my back and asked, who would you rather watch for the next 10 years? South Florida, East Carolina, Tulane, Memphis. Tulane's been really fun these last couple years. I get it. They've been competitive. Really, I don't mean this as a diss at them, but it's just my own personal bias coming in because these are the teams that I know. I've got years and years of memories of watching Hawaii late night and. You know Colt Brennan and Timmy Chang, and even a couple years ago, if you go back to the Rolo days and Chevin Cordero before before he went to San Jose State, they're just a fun program. They're a brand nationally. I think that Garner support, especially when they're winning, and at the end of the day. I am making these decisions by what I think would make for the best product for college football fans. What would they enjoy watching? I'm not necessarily thinking about bottom line or TV metrics or market size or any of that, but this is how I'd do it. And I think it would be a really good product on both the football and hoop side. That's my two cents. You can be upset about it if you so choose. It's not like I have any input in this, actually, you know, moving forward, anyways. But Nevada fans, especially, were very upset about my proposal. I get it; they don't like CSU, anyways. But it just kind of cracked me up seeing how much stock some people put into it. Just you know, kind of doing this for fun. But I figured I'd do a little segment, justify it. Uh, I do want to talk more about CSU Nevada big football game coming up under Jay Norvell. Just real quick, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. We're going to have to keep an eye on Minnesota hoops this year. They choked in a major way. They were up big over Missouri. They were in line for a a big win. I think they got outscored 31-9 down the stretch. Just a disastrous final five minutes. Gophers weren't projected to be very good in the Big Ten anyways. Nico Medved's going to be a hot, hot candidate, especially if CSU ends up being as good as I expect. Who knows, you know, maybe they decide they have to go with somebody that's not tied to the program. They tried that with Ben Johnson and it's basically been a disaster. Maybe they throw a bunch of money at Brian Dutcher from San Diego state, but obviously Medved has those deep Minnesota roots and it will be something to keep an eye on. It's going to be fun this season, no matter what, if he does earn a power five or a high major opportunity, you know, I'd I'd still be stoked for him. He's done so much for CSU over the years. And I should add that this is just speculation. It's not like I have any inside info. He's been talking to Minnesota or anything like that. I'm just saying, realistically, it is something to to monitor as this season goes on. does not look like Ben Johnson is going to be back at Minnesota. And naturally, with Medved having those connections, he's going to be a guy that gets linked to that job a lot. We'll just have to see. High Plains Strains provides top-quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. Check them out for your needs, including infused edibles, high-potency concentrates, and some of the best flour in the state. They have three High Plains Strains locations in northeastern Colorado, one on Log Lane Village, one in Garden City, and one in Sedgwick. If you're in northeastern Colorado, they are the dispensary for you. You can order ahead online at highplainstrains.com. You can pick up at their location, and with winter coming, Take advantage of the drive-throughs. I mean, it, it does not get any more convenient than that. They've got some killer deals coming up for Green Friday on November fourteenth or uh, November twenty-fourth. Excuse me. Get a half ounce for forty-five bucks. You can also get a full ounce for eighty. Veritas eights for twenty-five. They've got Mammoth one-gram cartridges for fifteen. And exquisite extracts, exquisite extracts are four for forty. I struggle with that one. Remember to use DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of these high-plane strains holiday deals. Also, can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season? We've got to make every second count with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting 5 on any matchup. Maybe you like Russell Wilson and the Broncos to keep up this recent resurgence Take down the Vikings led by Josh Dobbs, Justin Jefferson. Kind of a game-time decision, it sounds like. Should be a fun one Sunday night in Mile High City. I'm looking forward to being there for sure. Assuming I feel better, I suppose. Anyways, get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now. Use the code DNVR. new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 8787-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gaming or gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash football terms. All right, all right. All right, we have got the Norvell Bowl, part two. Jay Norvell's CSU Rams taking on his old squad. Nevada, of course, led by Ken Wilson. They are 2-8 this season, 2-4 in conference play. They are scoring 18.2 points per game, which ranks 125th out of 133 teams in the FBS. They are giving up 32.9 points per game, which ranks 117th out of 133 teams in the FBS. It's been a struggle. It's been a struggle for the Wolfpack under Ken Wilson. There were a couple of moments throughout the year where I did feel like they were starting to turn a corner a little bit. I felt like despite losing 27-9 to against Fresno State back at the end of September, they did do some things defensively that challenged Fresno State. Against UNLV offensively, that was by far the, the most complete their passing offense has looked. They lost that one 45-27. But after that, they go on the road and win 6-0. It's just been kind of a roller coaster, similarly to CSU, I suppose. But this is definitely a game you should win if you are expecting to be bowl eligible. I mean, regardless of the fact that that's the situation you're in, obviously the Rams have to win out. But I just mean, in principle, this is the type of team that you should beat if you are going to make the postseason. I've got a couple of key factors here for CSU. It's not rocket science, but I am going to dive into it a little bit, starting with you got to run the football. The Rams coming off of their best performance as a team, rushing the ball, breakout game from Justin Marshall. He was CSU's first 100-yard rusher this season, had a pretty solid game from Van Shield as well outside of the fumble. Avery Morrow had some timely runs in this one. Had a big conversion on fourth down in the first half. He was the guy that sealed the deal on that final offensive possession as well. Ultimately picked up the first down on third and four, I think. Rushed for seven. Should have pulled my notes up, but it's definitely the type of performance they need to build off of. And What's encouraging from CSU's perspective is Nevada's the perfect team to do this against. They are allowing 184 yards per game on the ground. Everybody team that has run the ball at least 25 times against them has gone for 135 plus on the ground this year. So basically what that tells us is that if you commit to the run game, if you don't abandon it, you are going to be able to move the ball that way against them. And honestly, for CSU, it makes a lot of sense to try and play this way. The run game was a huge factor in the win over Nevada this past season down in Reno, actually the first win of the Jay Norvell era. You're coming off of a game in which your young quarterback didn't have to do everything, which I thought was a benefit to him. He has all the talent in the world, but you don't want to put him in a spot where he feels like he has to be Superman, especially when it's winner go home regarding postseason eligibility. This is a perfect chance to lean on that ground game to not put everything on your quarterback. You do want to create some explosive plays, and that's a, another big key. Take some shots, especially if you can get that ground game going. Maybe. Stretch them over the top via play action. If you can create some stuff underneath by making guys miss, that was a huge factor, especially early on in the season. CSU was creating a ton of yards after the catch. If you can get that going, that would be huge. But at the end of the day, you've got to lean on that ground game. Utah State, a week ago, they ran the ball 44 times for 292 yards against this Nevada defense. That's 6.6 yards per carry. And Utah State, similarly to CSU, they want to lean on that vertical passing offense. They've got all kinds of talent out wide with Terrell Vaughn and uh, Jalen Royals. They've got speed for days. They committed to the run because they could do it all day long. And if you're CSU, you're hoping to really lean on that once again. Um, Another key, Nevada is 112th in the FBS in sacks allowed. They've allowed 31 so far this season. That's 3.10 per game. Uh, By the way, Hawaii also not great in this region. They're 115th. They've allowed 35 total at 3.18 per game. Big opportunity this week and next week to create pressure, especially this week going against a young quarterback, making just his second career start. I will say that A.J. Bianco does bring some dual threat ability to the table. 39 carries this season, 169 yards, averaging 4.3 yards per carry. So you want to make sure that you're keeping defensive containment. You don't want a Wyoming situation all over again. You, need, you really need to build off of what you did against San Diego State. Again, you know you ran the ball well. You also did a great job of keeping Jalen Maiden contained and making him consistently beat you as a passer. He had a couple of nice throws. He did have the, the rushing touchdown. It might have been a fourth down conversion. At the end of the day, though, they made him consistently have to beat them with his arm. They tackled in open space. It was it was really, really a solid effort, and we need to see a very similar approach against this Nevada offense. If you let them get that ground game going, if you give them some easy ones, you know, if, if you're getting them in second and third and long, and you're allowing them to, to run untouched for first downs, that's brutal, especially if you have good coverage in the secondary. This isn't a Nevada team that has a ton of scary talent as far as the skill position goes. It's a game where you've got to win in the trenches on both sides of the football, and when you look at the talent on paper, CSU should be able to do exactly that. Um, As far as some other keys go, these are kind of simple, but I do think with the spot Nevada's in, having lost the last two, kind of reeling, I think if you can get up early and step on their throat, I don't expect Nevada to come back from 17-0, like a, a team like Utah State. You just don't want to give them confidence early. Don't beat yourself, penalties, turnovers, that type of stuff. If you go out and execute, you are the better team, which is why they're you know, an 11.5-point, 12-point favorite, despite not even having a winning record. This is just not a great Nevada football team under Ken Wilson and You still want to show them respect. You don't want to overlook them. The rivalry factor its not a true rivalry, but they feel very slighted in Reno, and I understand why. You'd be pissed, too, if if you were in their spot. But I'm hoping that this is an opportunity to maybe put some points on the board, get some confidence going into that last game against Hawaii, which is always going to be tricky. Going to the island is always tough. Hawaii coming off a big home win over Air Force. I think this is a, a, a nice opportunity here. As long as you don't beat yourself, just go out and execute, lean on that ground game, move the chains, create some explosive plays, get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. You have way more talent than them. So just go out and execute, get it done, keep your bull bit alive. It's really that simple. Tell you what, I don't know if you really want to be Ken Wilson in this spot when you look at old Grim Reaper, Jay Norvell, coming around the corner. He took Adazio's job after murdering him. He was seemingly the final straw for Andy Avalos this season. Brady Hoke, quote-unquote, retired, but based on some of the reports that have come out, he was forced out. That's not surprising at all. I don't know, man. Jay Norvell's not a guy you want to face if you're on the hot seat. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Big, big chance for the Rams to pick up a home win here. Keep... They're a bit alive, send the seniors out on a right note, especially a guy like Mo Camara, who absolutely should win and have a high moment on his last game. I think back to that 2021 debacle and you know what guys like Trey and Toby McBride had to experience for their senior day. It's, it's such a shame. Last year, you won 17-0 against New Mexico, one of the biggest high points of the season. Obviously, this Nevada team sucks, but so long as you take care of business, you know, you can you can go into that last game with your head held high and excited to have an opportunity to compete for a bowl, which is something that we have not seen this program do in, in quite some time. Uh, before we get out of here, before I give some thoughts on that Carissa Thompson situation, buying tickets should not be a pain in the butt. With game time, it isn't. Game time is the best way to get last-minute tickets. They've got flash deals, zone deals. You can save up to 18% at times. You can see the view from your seat before you even buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And I think what my favorite thing about Game Time is, they don't screw you with a bunch of hidden fees. So many ticketing sites, you go, you see one price, oh, $15, that's great. And then after fees, it's like $32.99. Not with GameTime, the price you see is the price you get. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. download the app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms to apply. Again, create account. Use the code DNVR for $20 off. The next partner I want to talk to you guys about is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. And guys, now's the time of year. I mean, I, I can speak to it. There's a lot of nastiness going around, a lot of illness. You want to look out for yourself. You want to boost your immune system. You want to make sure that you're just putting yourself in a position to thrive. I drink AG1 in the morning. It's super easy, great way to start your day. It, it makes you feel more focused, just makes you feel healthier as a whole. I, the only way I can really describe it is when you feel it in your system, it's kind of like when you're really dehydrated and you get that first refreshing glass of water and you can just feel it throughout your entire body. It's kind of what AG1 feels like when I drink it in the morning. just makes me feel like Superman, ready to go. Covering my nutritional bases for the day literally couldn't be easier. It's why I trust AG1, just one small scoop with water. Drink it first thing in the morning, bang, boom, done. I also like that it only costs 3 bucks a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with high-quality sourced ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1. Get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com rams. That's drinkag1.com rams. Check it out. Finally, life is all about balance. You want to make sure you start out the right way, but sometimes you got to end it the right way with an ice-cold brick brew. Nobody does it better than Breckenridge Brewery. They've got a little bit of something for everybody. Endless variety. They've been doing it for 33 years. all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Got a big Broncos game coming up. Check out some Broncos Country Ale. Uh, You can also get the Avalanche Amber Ale. Uh, You can't go wrong with Mountain Beach, Fun Slinger. Their collab with never summer. Whatever you're into, check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find some of that delicious nectar of the gods. Love it, love it, love it. What I don't love are the recent comments from Carissa Thompson. She's on the Thursday night football broadcast for Amazon, longtime sideline reporter with Fox. And apparently, she is a big old liar, 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 pants on fire. Uh, You know, admitted that she completely made up reports, would just use cliches that coaches and, and players would say. And admittedly, in the process, kind of Admitted what we all know, which is that there's just not a lot of value to the sideline reporters. I say that with respect. It is, how, it is something I have done. I would do it again. You know, I do think there are times where it comes in handy, especially injuries with as much sports betting as we have now. Information has never been more valuable. I just mean in terms of the The interviews with the coach, where they're coming out at the end of the half or the beginning of the half, they're kind of pointless. They are really hard to get. And I understand that in my limited experience. I know what she's talking about in terms of the challenges. You're not the first priority. And that makes sense. But to say it so cavalier and to just admit that she had been making things up and who knows how long she did it for and to not care at all, I don't know. I just think it's a really bad look. And I've never seen somebody destroy their credibility so quickly. I just think what rubbed me the the wrong way the most was how cavalier she was about it. You know, well, what else am I supposed to do? Your job. If you can't get the coach, then just go on and say, hey, we weren't able to catch up with the coach, but here are some observations from the game. You know, maybe you got an injured quarterback. I saw him trying to stay loose. There are so many ways around that other than just making things up. And I get that It's not life or death, probably, but it is yet another example of why some folks are very distrusting of the media as a whole. It's easy to question people's motives when you have stuff like this. Clearly, she doesn't care about the integrity of the broadcast or anything like that. To her, this was all just a way to rise through the ranks, and that's super disappointing because I think at one point she was, you know, one of the bigger sideline reporters up there with Aaron Andrews, and so this is this is bad. It's really bad. I don't think she should be on another NFL broadcast. I know she was on Thursday Night Football last night. I would I would move on. And I don't say that lightly. I don't ever call for people to lose their jobs and, and their livelihood unless I genuinely believe what I'm saying. And I just think it's it's asinine that she would think that this is okay. Probably matters more to me because I am in the business. I know how hard people work. And when you find out that somebody that's made it ends up kind of being a fraud it's it's frustrating you know this is this is a grind of a industry it's a gig so many people would kill for the opportunity to do and they would do it with grace and they would do it the right way and i just very disappointed really disappointed and i think the fact that she doesn't even seem to recognize that what she did was wrong is the biggest problem and I don't know, just a a horrible look. You can tell that so many women in sports media are furious because they've already got to work harder anyways to overcome stereotypes and the obstacles that are in their way, and this only sets them back. Just yikes. Just a really horrible look for Carissa Thompson. So like I said, I'm not going to try and get on a soapbox here and go on and on and on. I understand that there's a lot going on in the world right now that matters a whole lot more than some fraudulent sideline reports. But I do think it it matters. I think just having integrity and not lying is something that matters in any industry, regardless of whether you're supposed to be a trusted source of information, which is what you are at the end of the day. Yeah, that's my two cents on it all. So that's all I have to say. Shout out to everybody for continuing to support the content. We'll have more hoops and football content coming your way. Really looking forward to next week. And it'll be a lot of awesome college basketball action. We're getting into the nitty-gritty here of college football. Still feels fairly open, although Georgia really, really come into life here. So much so, I think it might end up getting Mike Bobo another head coaching job if he actually chooses to go that route. Doing great things with Carson Beck. Talked about it on the Draft Pod with my guys Dre and Jake Schwanitz. Check that out as well. As always, proud to be. Hoping to see our Rams keep bowl eligibility alive this weekend we shall see i'll obviously have takeaways and and we're going live on sunday morning as usual um yeah much love proud to be peace